fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, good. Uh, what is it? Thursday? Is it Thursday? It's raining, so it must be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Uh, maybe Friday. It rains all the time here. We had a little bit of sun yesterday. Raining this morning. I might get a chance to mow sky high later on today. Uh, we'll see. Hey, listen, I don't like people to talk about themselves. And I don't, I don't want to talk about myself, but I want, I want to. Um, the, Dr. Fr- Fred Mosley who uh, wrote the book, uh, oh my goodness, somebody help me out out there. doesn't matter. Dr. Fred Mose, I've had several people say, Coach, there's, there's an open heaven over you right now. There's an open heaven. And I didn't understand really what that meant. And I didn't, uh, I don't, I didn't wear it as a badge of honor. I didn't run around tell everybody, hey, there's an open heaven over me. But the truth of the matter is, I am making the most unbelievable connections. But hang on. Holy Spirit is making the most unbelievable connections in my life. And I I just sit back in amazement, and I, I don't know what's going on. But I know this. The Lord is doing something bigger than any of us even understand. And one of the things that's hard for us to, to grasp is the fact that we don't see it in the media. Like it was uh, in, in here the other day, somebody uh, commented, I'm sick and tired of it, and I, you know, it's coming out tomorrow. It's coming out today. It's coming out tomorrow. Follow. We're all we're all sick and tired of that, aren't we? But God, God, uh, Almighty God is playing chess, and the devil's playing checkers. They're not the same game. And unfortunately, the media is reporting on the checker match. And because we're reporting on the checker match, checkers match, we 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 get discouraged because we see our king get we seeing our king get jumped. And we see, you understand the analogy, right? Just because you're a good checker player doesn't mean you're a good chess player. They're not the same, they're not the same game. Interesting enough, got to brag a little bit. My, our little uh, five-year-old, six-year-old grandson, David, all of a sudden, I used to play some checkers. He'd get mad and cry when I beat him. And now he's into chess. And he's got on, six years old. And he gets on computer, and he plays chess on the computer. I think, what the heck? What's going on in that little mind? And have you ever asked yourself, I was telling Michelle just before I came down here this morning, how'd you get where you are? You. How did you get where you are? How did that possibly happen? And I'm sitting there, I was thinking about how the most sky high today and some other stuff that has to be done. And I looked over at Michelle and I said, how did we end up here? How did I end up here? And it's through a confluence of events. The word says it's a very step. Oh, I'm going to cry. Very steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. He directs our path. And here's the truth. Sometimes we don't even know where the road's leading. We don't even know. But will you be obedient to go where the road takes you. Are you willing to do that? Now, I'm speaking to some of you out there strategically that the Lord has been prepping and preparing and placing, and you don't even know it. You know, In fact, you've really kicked against some of the pricks. You really have. Hey, I do too. Doesn't make sense. Say, hey, one more thing I got to do. Well, why, do I, why do I want to do that for? Why do I want to do that? And then try to be obedient and go do it. And I don't know why. Because the Lord's playing chess. He's setting up pieces that we don't get and we don't understand in our in our own little finite minds and understanding of what's going on and listening to MSNBC and PMSNBC and Fox News and fake news and YouTube and Facebook and all of a sudden there's a ball of confusion around us. But the Lord's sitting back, he's playing chess. <laughs> he's not he's not getting upset about all the 
the checkers. He's got them, what they say, checkmated. In the end, they're checkmated. And uh, we have to realize that we are literally pawns in, that, in this chess match. Some of us maybe get to be bishops at some time. Sometimes we feel, feel like bishops. And I don't, I don't go around with a big head. I'm, I'm not swayed by celebrity, okay? I'm not swayed by it. Donald Trump probably got up this morning, went in, took a poop like everybody else does. Donald, hey, we have, we have to be careful with fame, chasing fame, chasing those who are media created famous. What can LeBron James do? Well, LeBron James can play basketball probably better than uh, almost anybody who's ever played basketball. You can throw, you can argue over whether he's the best. It doesn't matter. But in the in the realm of the world, what what is that skill worth? LeBron James basketball skill. What's it worth? Where's Kobe Bryant? What was his basketball skill worth when? Find out somebody couldn't fly a helicopter or whatever happened with that thing. And it's not the LeBron Jameses of the world or the Kobe Bryants of the world or the pick whatever star you want to of the world. If you would understand that you are playing a role and the Lord exalts you at certain times and he lowers you at certain times. Sometimes he lowers your head because he's trying to protect you. And you sit around and say, boy, if I could just get if I could just get a platform, if I could just get up there and say what I want to say, yeah, no, we could be dead. Well, we could be dead and you'd be of no use. Now, the Lord also has the ability to raise you up so you do get killed because your, your mission is completed. I, I believe that. I believe that in the, in the depths of my being. And I could run, I could run down. A, here's, how did you get where you are? How did you get where you are? Boy, I was talking to Michelle this morning about my, my grandma. Grandma teen, we called her. I said to Michelle, Michelle, you're like Grandma Teen when I was growing up, my grandma. I don't even know if my Grandma Teen could spell the word mean, M-E-A-N. And she didn't have to be mean. Michelle, our grandkids probably don't think Gigi knows how to be mean. And we're all shaped by those around us at certain times, certain places, in certain events, you come to a watershed moment where you say that that's it. That's it. I move. I'm, I'm not going there. Some of you are heading that way. Some of you think you've been there. Some of you, uh, all of you have been called into the kingdom for such time as this. And we have to be careful. We have to be careful. Remember this. Wolf loves the lone sheep. He loves the lone sheep. And we're tremendously foolish if we think that we can fight this fight alone. But again, the Lord is putting together pieces of the puzzle. Now, I, I just want to show you this because I'm not... I'm, I'm, the people that I could pick up on my phone right now and call, you would be shocked that I could call them. And I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. How did it happen? That's what I'm asking me today, and that's what I want you to ask yourself today. How did it happen? Where you are right now, how did I get connected with Randy? How did I get connected with Mark Trump? How did I get connected with Dr. Paul Gosman? How did I get connected with Myra? How did I get connected with Clay? How did I? I could go on and on. How did that happen? The confluence of events that... Chad, how did I get connected with Bobby Lee? How did that happen? The confluence of events that had to happen for that relationship, that connection to happen, is so beyond what we would be ever be able to do on our own. And if you cannot see the hand of God moving in your life, you're missing it. And folks, sometimes he takes you through uncomfortable things. It's part of the journey. Goodness and mercy follows you. Sometimes you have to wear a shield for the crap that's hitting you in the face as you move forward. Amen, coach. It's chess. It's not checkers. You're a pawn. You're a bishop. You're a knight. You're whatever it is. And and it's interchangeable positions. And I got to show you, show you this guy. I forgot, I forgot all about it. So I'm watching what's going on here with, 
with uh, uh, Dr. Brian Artis talking about, uh, don't put it up there yet. So, uh, Dr. Brian Artis and, uh, uh, you know, the, the water and the snakes and the venom. and I mean, that's all over the world. Millions of people, millions of people, millions of people are hearing this story about this venom. Now, we can debate whether or not it's true. That's not what the show is about, okay? We can debate whether or not it's true, but it's certainly opening the eyes to people to at least ask the question, what's in this vaccine I'm taking? What is in this vaccine? And it seems so far out there that it can't possibly be true. And I watched Mike Adams last night, uh, the health ranger, did a, a brief little video on Dr. Brian Artis and what he had presented. And did, folks, did you know that they, did you know that the medical did you know the medical the pharmaceutical industry has been using snake venom for years and years and years and years and years? Did you guys know that? It's part of what they do because they're constantly looking for new things that will cure people. So they put a little bit of this in there and a little bit of that in there. And that snake venom has become a very, very important part. I'm going to show you. So stay with me a second. So I'm sitting around. I'm watching Dr. Brian Artis blowing up nationwide, worldwide. Everybody knows who Dr. Brian Artis is. And who would have thought six months ago, seven months ago, however long it was ago, eight months ago. Throw that picture up there, Sean. Uh, Throw it up there. Who, who would have, how would I ever get to have known Brian Artis? Can somebody explain to me how that possibly could happen? That's his wife with him. By the way, he's about 6'4". I hate, I'm going to start taking pictures of myself sitting down in chairs so I always don't look so small. He, he's, a, he's a pretty big, big guy. He played basketball at, the, I think it was Murray State. So I said to my wife, do you know I know Brian Artis? This guy that everybody's talking about, that, I know him. I know Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. I know Wano's. Folks, do you you understand? God is playing chess. And it's not that I'm important because I know Brian Artis. I can't go around and show this picture and brag, I know him. I know know him. I know. No, I want to encourage you that the Lord is strategically using all of you. He's strategically using you all, all of us. Now, what good's my connection with Brian Artis? I don't know. I'm going to ask the Lord, but there's a connection there for sure. There's a connection with Tenpenny, Zeb, Dr. Zeb. I said to my wife, how did, how did I get to know these guys? What is going on? So let me encourage you today, okay? Let me encourage you. You've got to decide, do you want to play checkers or chess? Because if you're playing chess, all the moves that the Lord is making with you don't make sense. Not always. Doesn't make sense. He's strategically moving all of us for a specific reason. It's happening right now. If you could, real quickly, uh, Spencer, pull up. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Hang on. I want to show. Oh yeah, that's where it is. <clears throat> pull up that one. Says uh, Mike Adams, and start at the three-minute mark. This is Mike Adams, the health ranger. Did you guys know? Listen, this is. Uh, you can see underneath the screen right there. Did you know there's a there's a company? Huh? There's a snake venom company. Did you guys know that? Huh? Did everybody in the pharmaceutical company they know this? this is, go, go ahead and play this real quickly. Just a couple. We bring together venom tech's biology expertise and vast venom derived peptide library. <laughs> Does any of that ring a bell? Uh, venom tech's target. Venom Tech has been on the forefront of venom research for d- drug discovery for more than a decade. Brian Artis ain't crazy. Go ahead. Targeted Venom Discovery Array, trademark, T-VDA, trademark, libraries provide researchers with a straightforward solution to rapidly screen thousands of individual venom fragments with each <laughs> array specifically designed to maximize hits for a specific target. In other words, a biologically active effect on uh, targeted cells, right? I mean, that's what they're talking about. And then there's a statement from Paul Grant, the CEO at Venom Tech. He says, oh, Venom Tech has been at the forefront of venom research for drug discovery for more than a decade. So again, there are people out there who apparently had no clue that this was going on. And they would just dismiss this out of hand. 
And also some left-wing media people, they were writing about Dr. Artis and Stu Peters yesterday, like, oh, these crazy right-wingers, they think that snake venom is used in, you know, drugs and treatments. Well, this <laughs> is announced is. by the companies themselves. I mean, there's a company called Venom Tech. And they brag about it. Oh, we can showcase our innovative technology, introducing the wider industry to the potential of Venom's for the successful delivery of more leads more quickly for a broad range of targets. And then they go on to say a Venom Tech is a global leader for Venom Research Enterprises based out of world-class laboratories at Discovery Park in Kent, United Kingdom. And let's see, let's see. Help our customers make pioneering advances in drug discovery and crop protection and cosmetics. So not only is snake venom used by big pharma, it's used to create pesticides and it's used in cosmetics. Okay. So again, it's just shocking to me that so many people like this is the first time they've ever heard this. So to okay, give go credit, ahead. You, to, you can pull that down. Go ahead and stick that in the chat if you want to. Oh my goodness. There's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. I forgot Myra pray us in here real quick. Cause then I'm going to take us to Luke 18. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, coach. I will do that. Good morning, Harold. Luke 12, 2 to 3. For there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. Mm, amen. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to coach Dave Haddle and open our hearts to you. Second Timothy 2.23, King James Version, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. Proverbs 6.19, King James Version, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Romans 6.23, King James Version, For the wages of sin is dead, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Psalm 58, 4-5, King James Version. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the death adder that stuffeth the ear, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers, Charming never so wisely. Second Corinthians 2.11, King James Version. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Galatians 6.7, King James Version. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And we read in Psalm 91 through 6, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with the feathers and under his wings thou shalt trust. His trust shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow of fright by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. I release the faith, love, and peace to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> by the way, Amen. folks. That's the most powerful moment of the home program. Those words of God coming out of Myra's mouth are far more powerful than anything I'm going to say or Betty's going to say or Kathy's going to say or Randy's going to say. The word of God is powerful, powerful. It is our weapon. It's our weapon. Amen. And how many of you out there, as the words being read, said, "Okay, get over, get rid, get, get over, Myra. All right, Myra. All right, let's get, let's get. I want to, I want to hear from Coach Dave. Shame on you. Shame on you. It's a chess game. Oh, I got a lot to. Uh, Tom Rince tonight, seven o'clock. Tom Rince, seven o'clock live. You get a chance to ask him some questions. 
uh, I got. I have to talk to Jared. I don't know how. See, that's going out through the ChristianRevolution.net. I don't know how people log on to that. Jared, maybe you can some point give us an idea how that's going to work, so everybody in here can get in there as well. And then, of course, Paul Goslin has his hearing this morning, and we need to be in prayer for him. <clears throat> Listen, folks. The it says in Psalm fifty-five, I think it is. Could be wrong. That the, he who rolls a rock up a hill has it fall back on him. He who digs a ditch falls in it. That's what's, ha- that's what's going to happen with Paul Goslin. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Exodus 14, 14. You shall hold your peace, and the Lord himself shall fight for you. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Egyptians, what you see standing before you, you shall see no more forever. I can't remember where that is. That's Psalm something. We're going to see a miraculous move on the... Uh, by God and, and, and what Paul, what's going to happen with Paul Goslin, because we are in the midst of a great unveiling, revealing folks. Sit back and watch what happens. But you better understand this. You have to be an active participant. You have to be actively participating in the revealing. You have to share things. You have to say things. You have to, you have to make a decision now at this crucial time in this chess game, will you speak the truth? Or do you love your friends and your neighbors more than you love the Lord? Because you are going to have the opportunity. The Lord has strategically placed you as a pawn on this chessboard, and you've got to move when it's your time to move. It's all part of a strategic thing that's going on even more than we understand. How could I bump in to Brian Artis, a casual meeting at an event? I didn't even know who he was. And now he's world world known, world known. No, I'm not bragging about me because I know him. Don't you you miss? Uh, Don't you see? I think some of you get it. Come on in, Mel. Yeah, good morning. Hey, yeah, God's playing chess, and he's creating these divine appointments for each of us. Yes. We do have to work, and that's what, you know, I've been trying to do with the Liberty Action Network is – to be a network of individuals and organizations so that we're ready to do action. So um, anyway, I just, I thank God for the divine appointments. Amen. The, uh, don't miss them. Hey, pray that the Lord will let you not miss one. Pray that the Lord will let you know <clears throat> when in fact it is a divine appointment. Cause they don't always ride up on chariots. That's not, that's not the way those divine appointments. That's not the way they always happen. It'll be somebody you don't even know. It's going to say something to you, and it's going to resonate with you, and that is a divine appointment, and don't miss it. Don't miss it. Whatever he says unto you, do it. Naomi. And Jack. I got curious about the snake venom um, years ago, our our dog got bit by a snake, and the vet told me that you can tell what kind of snake it is by how the body responds to it. So I got about that, and I I researched a couple of the most venomous snakes, and co- um, the cobra is the one that um, sends out a neurotoxin in its venom, and I thought, could COVID be a name for Cobra? Oh, it's conspiracy talk. You conspiracy theorist. Fauci said no. And vaccine be venom? That's that's what I was thinking. Oh, the devil's talking to you. That's the devil talking to you, Naomi. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. Stephanie just told me, I'm bringing her in here in a second. Did you know this, friends? Stephanie said the cobra spit to blind the victim. Did you know that? Boom. Oh, my goodness, huh? And those who are jabbed are definitely blind. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Come on in, Jack and Jerry. Uh, Bert, just quickly, uh, we need to be playing chess today when Paul Goslin is on that Zoom call with those doctors. They hate visibility. So we should fill that Zoom call. I don't care if anybody listens or pays attention, but if we fill that Zoom call, they'll see the numbers just like we see 
How do we get into it? How do we get into it? How do we get into it? One of us will put a link in the chat. Yeah, do that for us. Do that. Put that link in there. Oh yeah, let's let's let them know. We're, let them know we're watching. Jerry, come on in. And then Dale. Morning, Coach. Good morning, everybody. Well, I want to encourage you a little bit when it comes to uh, snake venom. Uh, everybody knows I'm into weird research, and I do lots of stuff with high voltage. Well, it turns out a paper came out this year that if you zap somebody with high voltage in the area that they got bit from a snake, it heals. It, it totally null and voids the venom. Oh, really? Like the spark life that God gave us. Just saying. Wow. Well, hey, there's so. Listen, what did Myra read today? There's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. In fact, I was going to read from, from Luke 18 today because that's what. Do you believe that? Do you believe that there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed? I, I believe that. See, I believe there's a great. The Lord is. Folks. The Lord is not going to let the devil win. He's not going to let him win. The Lord's playing chess. The Lord is luring him in. The the Luciferian left are standing on no truth. Only truth will prevail. Golly. Oh, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to do that, Lord. No, no, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to talk about churches no i won't do it dale come on in well coach first off oh, let yes, me I will. okay lord i will in a minute yeah, I will i'm gonna tell you man the lord is telling you you better do it yep. Go ahead. <laughs> hey brother listen jesus christ left heaven and invaded earth the kingdom of god must go forward this is not a time for retreating or hiding it nope. is time for advancing and increasing <laughs> the kingdom of god and so brother i say that they just broke my wife's water at the hospital. Hannah's coming to make her mark and to be an arrow to smite the enemy, brother. Amen. Like arrows in the hand of a mighty warrior, so are the children, right? <laughs> huh? Hey, Dale, you, uh, you, you're not having that grandbaby, are you, just for her to be raptured, are you? Brother, you know me. <laughs> you know where we met. Brother, let me tell you what, I'm getting goosebumps because hell is on a, on, a, on a very scary situation of what's about to enter into the earth because my arrows, brother, are warrior arrows. They are, brother. You have raised warrior arrow, arrows. Jim, James J., come on in, then, My, uh, then Myra. And then I'm moving to something else. Go ahead, Jim. Morning. Uh, what Naomi mentioned was uh, talked about in the Stu Peters uh, video. Yes, well, the, the latest one, uh, the latest video with Mike Adams, the one I just played, but y'all listen to that. Mike Adams basically says, uh, uh, Brian Artis ain't nuts. <laughs> he ain't nuts. Now, the, uh, everything that goes along with it in the water, how does it get in the water, blah, 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 blah. That's important, but it's peripheral. What Brian Artis has given to us is truth, folks. Listen, truth. They do use snake venom. They do use snake venom. See, that was the hardest thing for people to get over, right? Now, who knows how they use snake venom, but there's no doubt they use snake venom. We know that now, right? So, uh, man, see, when I, when I first watched that video yesterday from Brian Artis, it's so witness to me that he was telling us the truth. The seed of the serpent against the seed of the woman. It was so clear to me. Come on in, Myra, then, then Joe. And I got, I got to move on. I got more, more good stuff. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, Coach. In regard to Dr. Gosselin, um, I read Psalm 33.3. Sing to him a new song. Praise Kiffel and shout for joy. He is going to triumph. He's going he to is. do very well. Uh, the Lord always triumphs, folks. The Lord always triumphs. Even sometimes he has to give up a pawn to do it. Even sometimes your bishop gets rooked or whatever they call that. Huh? Joe, come on in. Yeah. Hi, Coach. Um, the people that say that there's no snake venom in medicine are totally uninformed or have their eyes and ears closed. Anytime you watch a reptile documentary and they capture snakes, they take and extract the venom for medical research. What yes, sir. That means. I mean, well, well I mean, Joe. One thing that people don't understand is they replicate it in the in the laboratory, folks. This is man-made snake venom. Do you understand? They've replicated the, the, the properties of venom. 
If replicated, it had, it, it had to be because they couldn't they couldn't find that many yeah, cobras. They couldn't find that many cobras, so they've replicated chemically. They've replicated and they use it for women's makeup. How about that eyeshadow? I would imagine four and times probably too. Rattlesnakes, I think, coagulate your blood. Some of them make it so you 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 die with your blood coagulated. Other ones give you a. Uh, uh, a neurological thing where your whole body shuts down electronically with the nervous nervous system. There's different things that they do. And so I think if you look at the different symptoms of what people are dying of, you're going to find it all part of different snake venom. Uh, amen. Amen. Okay. Sit back folks. Cause I'm about to go to two of my favorites. Am I allowed to have favorites? I'm going to go to two of my favorites. I'm going to go to Randy and then Mark Trump. Go ahead, Randy. Randy's yeah. one of my favorites. I'll be short coach. I won't let you down. Jesus called them the brave brood of vipers, the evil generation. Oh. He was in, coach. He called them a brood of vipers. <laughs> Are we in an evil generation? Can we call well, them a brood of vipers now, coach? Uh, but <laughs> it sure looks like it, doesn't it? Huh? Oh, yeah. And, of course, the American Medical Association, all those guys. That, well, Brian Artis is crazy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah? Bless you, Randy. Come on, Mark. Was there a time, Coach, when man was still in the image of God? Uh, was there a time before our bodies no longer had that same creation that God made? Hmm. And what caused our bodies to change? When did that happen? And what kind of a creature caused our body to change in the very beginning? where we needed to cover it up wasn't that a serpent in the garden then Mm -hmm. so from the very beginning Mm -hmm. satan's been very consistent with his plan it makes me question coach what was that forbidden fruit or what was it that we partook of in the garden was it Mm -hmm. venom what changed us what made us a serpent or what made us a I don't know what made us change and have not eternal life. What took away our eternal life? If not something in our blood that took it away, just saying, I don't know this stuff, but it's all going back to the serpent code. It sure is. And Stephanie said this, Stephanie just texted me. She said, Jesus used his spittle to heal. Amen. Wow. (laughs) Wow. This is so deep, isn't it folks? Uh, Blind eyes, too, coach. That's what they need. Their eyes open. <laughs> this is so. This is so deep. I'm telling you, this is so deep. Well, uh, all right. When you think about it, that the the king cobra squirts its spit venom or whatever into the eyes, and Jesus used his spit. Dope eyes. Wow. <laughs> Is that a message? I mean, are we getting a message here, Coach? Come on. I'm, tell- I'm telling you, man. I'm oh, telling no, you. it's just a coincidence. That's right, yep. just a coincidence. Just Good a coincidence. Point, okay. But he mixed it with the dust, Coach. He mixed his spit with the he dirt. Mixed it with, oh, oh, my goodness. Tongue. He took it back right there. He shows you he took it back right there. Right. And would it be beyond the devil to use his spittle to blind people, huh? Wow, wow, wow. That'll preach. That'll preach. Now, here's the problem. I got some important stuff I got to get up, and you guys keep blowing up here and want to tell me something. Go ahead, Mel. Then Rochelle. Genesis 6, um, creating hybrids, as in the days of Noah. It just This all just reminds me of that. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. Rochelle. Hey, thanks, Coach. Good morning, team. Um, yeah, I just jogged, just thought of this. Um, so you know how Cain was um, a keeper of the field and his brother Abel was the keeper yep. of the flocks. Yeah. So think of the keeper of the field takes care of the herbs and the plants, all the medicinal stuff. Um, and also when we don't know really what happened in the garden, but if the uh, serpent had these talents, which I'm sure he did, he could maybe have put something in the food that would have, made the fruit something uh, you know bad fruit <laughs> um anyway i just thought that these connections are really am- amazing and because right now they're talking about putting vaccines in our lettuce so 
So the devil is being exposed, isn't he? There's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. We talked about it yesterday, the medical system being those snakes, right? Serpent mound, huh? Huh? Seed of the serpent. Is there an unveiling and a revealing? It's taking place right in front of us, and we're too religious to understand it. Uh, Kevin, come on in. And Keith. And nobody else. Freeze after these two. Go. (laughs) All right, Coach. I don't know if anybody else has mentioned this. I was out of the truck, but... Over the last 24 hours, I've watched the three-part series that Mike Adams put out. He did a sit-down with, with artists. It was so long he had to split it into three parts. It goes into much greater detail than any of the other artists' interviews. Artist lays out the entire rabbit trail that he's gone down over the last six months. The documents, the companies, the test results, everything. It's a complete deep dive. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw them in the chat, the links to them. I encourage everybody to watch them. When you get to the end of part two and your head swimming from all the information and you think you can't take any anymore, watch part three. It's gonna blow your mind. Secondly, it's not just the King Cobra. These these results show that they were using venom from many different vipers, but primarily the cobra species and the crete uh, crate species. Okay, folks, understand not the actual venom. They have replicated the venom. Do you understand that? They've replicated it. They're not going around pumping venom out of snakes. They've replicated it. Keith, come on in. Yeah, they inject it in a horse. Then they take the blood out after the antibodies have been built up, and they pull it out and separate the antibodies from the blood. Uh, corona crown. Um Virus serpent. Oh my goodness, huh? Oh man, man. Blessing. Okay, okay. Listen, I gotta get. I gotta get this in because uh, is your is your head spinning? My head spinning. Doctor Paul, go ahead. I'll let you in. Come on. Anyway, I want to make it clear. People are sort of confused about this, but vaccines typically were made from recombinant DNA. Okay, and. The problem with these, uh, when they're making these uh, proteins and peptides, they make them the same way, okay? They, they copy yeah. them, they recombinate them, and they make proteins out of them. The, the, the other fellow was just talking about how they make uh, idiot, anti-idiotypes or the antibodies for the solution. So in my mind, it's all kind of witchcraft because they're kind of switching yeah. them. It's good in many, many respects, yep. and like everything else, use right. it to great evil. And mm-hmm. and so you don't get confused by the fact that there's a lot of great things in medicine, and right now they're just using them for bad. <laughs> stuff. So uh, there's a mm-hmm. lot of really good things that I've done using peptides like these that are helpful, mm-hmm. like growing hair and stuff. Anyway, just want to point that out. Don't don't don't. How do I say this? It's not black and white, okay? Yeah, it's don't just write it off. That's right. Hey, Paul, is there, is there a Zoom meeting we can watch today? I don't think there'll be much to watch, uh, but, yeah, there is. Um, okay, I think, I think we think it's important that we get a lot of people with us so they know yeah, a lot of people. But uh, it, somebody posted it up there. Uh, I think Myra posted it up on my okay. thing because I'm, I'm t- I didn't sleep last night. The devils were knocking shit off my walls. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Okay, okay. Let, let me let me shift gears here. Pull up real quickly for me. Uh, uh, where is it? Where is it? No, that's not it. No, that's not it. Uh, the the email uh, that says the the apostles were not reverends. Pull up that email for me. I came across this today. Wow. Oh my goodness! Hey folks, there's a great there's a great revealing going on about the church as well. I'm going to say that again because you didn't hear it. There's a great revealing and expose going on about the issues in the church as well. All right? There's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. And you have to know this, that the enemy from the very beginning has infiltrated the church. Somebody say amen, so I know i got at least one friend out there. Amen. 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 From the very beginning. This is extra. This is from Philip Lancaster wrote this. I found this today. The world and the church agree about how you should address me. My proper name and title by unanimous consent is the Reverend Mr. Philip H. Lancaster. 
I'm one of the elite cadre of persons who has the right to be addressed as a, a reverend, worthy of reverence, revered, a member of the clergy. This distinction is mine because I successfully completed a three-year graduate program in theology. I'm also a master of divinity and passed a theological exam before a body of ministers and elders. And upon passing that examination, I was ordained and granted the privilege of being addressed as Reverend Godabenmeyer. The distinction also entitled me to be the pastor of a church. It's preacher, the one who oversees the church ordinances and the one privileged to pronounce the benediction. According to the church of the world, I am one set apart. I am a member of the clergy, and my title distinguishes me as such. Sounds pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it sounds good to modern ears, but there's a little problem. The title and what it applies is an affront to Jesus Christ and an insult to every other man in the church. As an expression of my submission to my Lord, I renounce the title reverend and I resist its implications. I renounce the title pastor. I renounce the title, renounce the title bishop. I renounce the title whatever. An expression of my submission to my Lord, I renounce the title and resist its implications. Jesus said, be, but you are not to be called rabbi or pastor, for you have only one master, and you are all brothers. Our Lord goes on to forbid other horrific titles among his people, the church, and then concludes, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Dr. Goslin, Reverend Dale Socia, Reverend Tom Gill, Reverend Coach Dave. I'll throw myself in there too. Father John. Father John. Jesus explicitly forbade setting any man apart in the church by means of a special title. And yet the church has done it since not long after the apostolic age. Why is such a practice such an affront to Christ? Because he alone is the head and the master of the church. The concept of a professional clergy, which corrupted the church within a few centuries of the apostle, was a direct expression of worldly concepts of leadership and power. Whereas Jesus had adorned himself with a towel and became a servant to his followers. John 13, clergymen began to adorn themselves with special robes and collars and assumed a place of superiority over the congregation of the church. So I'm going to, everybody catch a breath, say amen. Just catch a breath right now, say amen. 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 The Reformation removed some of the worst abuses of the clerical system. It retained the distinction between the clergy and the laity, a distinction which survives to this day. Do we see any evidence of a clergy-laity distinction anywhere in the New Testament? None whatsoever. We see quite the opposite. The church leaders were ordinary men, who humbly served the flock and were neither sought nor accepted any special status, title, or dress that set them apart from the rest of their brothers, unschooled, ordinary men. The clergy system is a direct attack upon the very nature of the body of Christ. It introduces a false concept of a special spiritual class with the accompanying temptation to pride and abuse of power that comes when one man is exalted positionally over others. He's the pastor. Uh, oh, I could, I could go on and on on that one. It also leads to passivity. Listen! It also leads to passivity on the part of those who are, by implication, at least second class in the church. Those ones who sit on the pew, you know them? Members of the body do not use their gifts to carry on ministry since the professional minister is the one doing it. Perhaps the worst result of the clergy system is that it stifles the spiritual development of the men of the congregation. There's a good amen. I'm going to wait. 
God's plan is that ordinary, unschooled men like Myra can become elders, overseers, shepherds of God's flock. They can grow in grace. They can learn their Bibles. They can develop leadership in their families. They do not have to go to Bible college or seminary. They can strive through on-the-job training to be leaders in the congregation. However... The clergy system removes this possibility from most men and smothers the godly ambition to servant leadership. So men are unchallenged, and the congregation is weakened, not to mention it's families whose leaders are given no practical incentive for spiritual growth. We must abandon the model that burns out one man and leaves the rest of the congregation unchallenged. Fantastic. Well, Coach, can we put that in the chat? Yeah, put that in the chat. Is that, is boys, is that it? Is that uh, it? That's Mark's cigarette story. Huh? Unbelievable, man. Mark's cigarette story. That's right. The apostles were not reverenced. So I've said a number of times, pastors are not successful because the job description. No man can do that. No man is supposed to do that. Right? Listen, listen. I'll say to somebody, have you ever, uh, you ever been to Family of Faith Church? And what's the next question they ask? Uh, who's the pastor? So we know they identify the church with the pastor. Is that the way it's supposed to work? Did you ever go into Ruby Tuesdays? Did you ever go into any place and order your food and Want to meet the cook? Does the cook ever come out? The waitress comes out and she brings me around meal. I always say to her, hey, thank you. Did you cook that? She looks at me like I'm crazy. Somebody cooked it. <laughs> the most important person in the whole place cooked it, and I don't even know who he is. I tip the waitress. Right? Boy, oh, boy. Hey, somebody say, Coach, you're all over today. Just so I feel better. Coach, go for it. Huh? Huh? And, and listen, with all the criticism that, 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 that comes as a result of Coach Dave Live and the stress, strife that it brings and the stress that it brings, and boom, I, I'm going to just be quiet a minute. And I want somebody to say, uh, if you were – if you have been changed by this group of fellowship of people, just say, I have. I'm going to wait. I have. 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 you have. I have. I have. I Right? Somebody, you. <laughs> you're getting too religious. You Amen. Live that up no more that. Amen. No more of that. Huh? <laughs> no more. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My goodness. Overzealous. Uh, zealous. Zealous. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Toxic. Conspiracy theorists. <laughs> uh, come on in, Rochelle. I'll shut up here. I got no, yeah. 11 minutes. Go ahead. We're not getting more religious. We're getting more free. Um, I wanted to, what you said about the, the laity. So I didn't say it. Okay. Um, Revelation 2, 6, it says, but this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And the name Nicolaitans, it comes from, a Greek word. I think it's two Greek words. Nikolaos, which means Nico means to conquer or subdue. And then Laos means people. So if you put Nicol together, it means to conquer the people or subdue the people. So it suggests that whoever this group of clergy was, that they were somehow conquering and subduing the people. And what the church has done uh, here. That's right. It's the model they've given us and he hates it. I hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. By the way, look at that. Oh, my goodness. Watch this. Oh, my goodness. But this thou hast, 
that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. <laughs> does he hate the deeds or does he hate the Nicolaitans? Ooh, I don't know. Joe, come on in then, Mark. Uh, Coach, the leadership of the church, as you point out, uh, have become the Pharisees, those who crucified the Lord. And I, I truly feel that if the Lord came in disguise and interviewed or tried to get an interview for a role, he might not even get the interview because he doesn't have the paper trail they weren't looking for. <laughs> That's right. They, they'd want to see all his degrees and everything when they his experience. <clears throat> yep. Uh, Betty Perkins is sharing the gospel more now than at any time of her life, any time of her life, and getting pushback from it. Now, somebody say, me too. Somebody say, me too. Me too. Coach, my pastor just blocked me from emails. Me too. Amen. (laughs) Pastor blocks you from emails. So did mine. This is a whole new Me Too movement. There, there you go. There you go. All right. Come on in. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Mark Trump and Jessica. Go, Mark. Hey, this is quick, but what you talked about, I've thought about a long time. What did John, the greatest, I think was Jesus' word, he was the greatest, right, Coach? John the Baptist. What did he, John what, the Baptist. What did he, yeah, what did he wear? How did he, he present himself? I contrast John the Baptist, a preacher, so to speak, to these pastors. So how did that happen, right? The pastors are sitting up there doing a good job maybe in the field, and they don't have a church, and the people's like, well, let's build him a church. Well, he don't have a place to live, and the people goes, well, let's build him a house. <laughs> and then the people says, he don't have good clothes, so what do the people do? They bring him good clothes. Next thing you know, he's elevated to that. See, that's what happened to Nimrod. Nimrod was a great and mighty hunter. He went out and killed giants when they were eating people. But the people elevated him above his father, the king Cush. Okay, so Cush was exiled. Nimrod was put up by whom? The same people sitting in the pews. That's who did it. That's who did it, Coach. So Jesus Jesus came into the town as a king. What did he ride? What was his car? What did he tell him to go find? A donkey. And I don't remember any account of Jesus being wearing all these nice garments, having nice things. Getting you special know, treatment. Getting special so treatment. Who stops it? Who stops it? It had to be Nimrod who stopped it and said, no, Cush is king. It had to be Jesus who said, no, I'm riding a donkey. It had to be the pastor who says, no, I'll live in a tent. But they don't. <laughs> And it's we who put them there, Coach. That's right. That's right. Because that we've elevated sense. them, right? Yes, absolutely. Amen. Yes. Amen. Jessica, come on in. Good morning, everyone. Uh, when I first started realizing this um, extreme obstacle that was created to everyone in the church, um, I went to my pastors and I said, uh, you know, how can we explain the, the sheer lack and extreme lack of divine enablement within the church body? And they pretty much told me in a nutshell that they thought that the reason why it was evident in their lives and not others was because of the position that they were called to hold. Mm-hmm. And to me, that just neutered everybody else in, in the in the congregation. I do believe there are leaders in the church. I do believe there are men and even some women called to be leaders of of different groups. But their idea of, um, they always like to say, beware of shepherds that aren't confirmed by the body. But their Mm -hmm. confirmation consists of all that schooling. And the body can organically confirm anyone. And not only... not only, yes, Jessica, but not only that, let's, let's take this show right here. They come and go, don't they? They come and go. <laughs> here one day, on another day, right? So that's cool. That's cool. I don't think you go get fed somebody at plain self. That's all, that's all right. Because, you know, the truth of the matter is every church at any time, the pastor ought to be able to walk down the aisle, <clears throat> if he's doing a job, walk down the aisle and turn to a man and say, hey, listen, you're giving this sermon next week. And the man ought to be able to get up there and do it. How many do you think? How many men in churches do you think can do that? 
Bill. Very few, right? We're not, we're not even, we're not even trained to even think that way. Well, most of the time they make them pass it through them first, even if they do ask someone to say something. Yeah. You got to, you got to submit something to make sure that you're just not going to lead everybody astray. It's a severe lack of trust in mm. the Holy Spirit. I believe last night, I, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you but our, our dear pastor friend, Clint Harper down in Georgia, I believe he showed the abortion video in his, movie, in his church last night. He called me and said, Coach, can you send me those videos? Sorry, Pastor Clint, I was busy. I didn't get a chance to watch it. Uh, I wonder how many other pastors are doing that, showing that aborted baby to the people. In the church. Well, they can't do that because they get the approval of the elder board or somebody else first, right? Dale Sosha, come on in. Dale's a, Dale's a bivocational pastor. What does that mean? He works a job. <laughs> he works a job. Amen, Coach. And you know what? I showed the hard truth back in 1996 in our church. Let me tell you what. Did no small uproar. Hey, you know, like you use the coach analogy and the church analogy about getting in the game. Coach, you know, before I worked construction, before I was a pastor, I was a certified executive chef. And my wife will tell you, I would want to go when I'd go to a restaurant, I would want to go into the kitchen. And you want to talk about no small stir. People would look at me and think that I'm nuts. And I'm like, no, I want to see who's cooking. I want to see how your preparation is and how clean is your kitchen. It's like poking <laughs> into the pastor. What what goes on behind the scene? That's you right. That's able right. to have access into the home to the, to the people who are spiritually feeding you. Is their kitchen filthy, rotten, dirty, and they're serving you junk food? Because most people like church like a drive through I don't care. Just put it in a bag and let me go. I'm just Amen. Saying. Amen. Amen. Where, where did, by the way, where did Jesus, where did the apostles come from? Didn't he just kind of go out on the street and round them up? Grabbed a fisherman here and a carpenter there and a lawnmower here and some guy that delivers trash. And then didn't he just kind of grab? I don't think those guys had, I don't think they had degrees. I, I could be wrong. And Coach, wrong. Here, here's a little food for thought. Maybe some don't know, maybe do. Do you know that donkey? If you look on the backside of a donkey, it has a cross on the backside of it. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Jerry, quickly, Jerry, then Roger. Yeah, I just wanted to add to what Mark said and about the donkey. Not only did Jesus show he was a true king by picking a donkey, he's like the hardest-headed, most stubborn animal in the flock, and he <laughs> still got it to listen. To <laughs> Amen. Roger. Excellent book is Pagan Christianity. Pagan Christianity. Excellent book. Amen. About how the church has gone so astray. Amen. Pennsylvania, Brett. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, team. Why, uh, years ago when we were still Methodist, and uh, it's not just the... Uh, not just the uh, Catholics that have come out of the Catholic Church. The Methodists have come out of the Methodist Church also. <laughs> Amen. So, so I, I, I preached two Sundays for the Methodist Church when we were going there. Both of them were on abortion. The first time was Pastor Jim that was uh, headed the church, I guess you could say. Probably the right, wrong words, but he didn't question. He didn't look at anything I had as far as uh, speech or... Um, or overheads. Then we had a female pastor, and she let me speak. But as somebody was saying earlier, um, she actually eliminated a couple of my slides. And uh, I don't, yeah, I don't remember if she took out anything on my on my speech or not. But it was very soon thereafter that we left the church. Amen. Amen. Control, control. Hey, listen. Tomorrow, Stephanie's gonna. We're gonna talk about Easter tomorrow. Pagan Roots of Easter. Uh, Peg, she's going to talk a little. I was going to get in here this morning, but just I didn't have time to do it. We're going to do that tomorrow. So uh, heads up on that one. Uh, Kevin, come on in. Wrap us up here. Well, Coach, when you brought up the food analogy, this was this is the image that the Holy Spirit put in my mind even before you said that. Imagine a lunch counter cafeteria. Okay? You got the pastor. He's behind the counter. He's buying all the food. He's cooking all the food. He's dishing out all the food and you know what my job is grab my tray get in line shuffle by get my food and go sit down that's that's it right but you come and then at the end i eat my food and i say thank you see you next week but i come here and 
man, okay, fine, you're behind the counter, but I'm seeing everybody else that's eating, they're going behind the counter too. And look over at Myra, she's stirring the soup, and Mark Trump, he's flipping cheeseburgers, and, and hey, hey, look, Coach, he's actually sitting down having something to eat. Well, well not, on, not, only that, not, not only that, Kevin, I want you to know I was up at 5.15 lighting the stoves this morning. Uh, I, it's like, how many of you guys get before the Lord before you go to church and say, Amen. Lord, speak to me today. Show me something today, Lord. Or you just show up and whatever's on the, whatever's on the menu, you chow down on, baby. And then uh, go on about your life. Hey, this is an active faith. That's what we're trying to build here. Tomorrow, pagan Christianity, pagan Easter. Should we be celebrating it? How, what happened to us? See, hey, don't forget Dr. Paul's have his call coming up. We'll put that in the chat. And Tom Wren, 7 o'clock tonight. God bless you. See you tomorrow.